Welcome to the Archetypes Podcast with your hosts, the spirit sparker and the inner uplifter. This podcast was created to share our eclectic soul and human journey for empowering others to be visible, engage in deep conversations about life challenges and journeys as we know it to be through our quirky and raw soul conversations. We will explore self-empowerment through voice, visibility, visibility and, and representation, representation and illuminate the significance of cultivating, cultivating a, a practice, practice for soul wellness. I think a piece from that from there. So thank you all for tuning into our podcast. Yes. <laughs> it's the Spirit Sparker. In the inner uplifter. Um, how do we want to open it up? We were just talking about uh, our, our quote, which then turned into life lessons and then turned into uh, just our mantra, I guess our, humming, our hummingbird mantra for the episode and um, how the tone, the energetical tone. It's really on, I think, for this episode, what we're really looking at, the theme is, um, or the title should I say, what y'all should have said, hmm. which is beginning to look at a serial collection of lessons learned on our own um, and breaking down some of these, what I would call myths, that parents would call mantras, the things that you have to abide by, or as soon as you say it, this is my law, this is the thing that you know you say and it's what it is but then really thinking about how certain things were said. And as you got older, you were wishing like, I wish you never said it like that because that's right. not necessary. And they also conflict with- Contradictions. What, yes. The contradictions of it. So, an so, example. So, contradictions. Contradictions. <laughs> Don't point the finger if you're not pointing at yourself too. Oh, that's a good that be Wow. Right? No, no, I mean, I mean if, if you really think about your younger self, if I had said that to my mother, I probably did say that to my mother. Something like that. I'm like, gonna be, don't point the finger at me if you ain't pointing at yourself. I probably said something way You probably rude, said something some like shit, that some and my shit. foot would have got chopped off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and it's interesting because we've had, we, we, maybe we'll talk deeply in a different episode. We've had different upbringings. Mm-hmm. And I think from my experience talking to friends about the ways I communicated with my parents and siblings, um, I was pretty bold. Yeah. And some people would be like, what What do you mean you called your mom? What What do you mean you both are, what do you mean? And different families have different styles. styles yeah. And I think one of the things I appreciate about my relationship with my mom is that uh, she, in some ways allowed me to test the limits because she gave me opportunity to test the limits. But also, as appropriate as that was, there are some things that, um, which I should have said, <clears throat> I swallowed. And as I got older, realized that should impact my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is, you know, which, which is also a gift because it brings us to the realization of who we are now. Yeah. But we're talking to also the community out there and the people who haven't experienced it or don't have the language to understand like what is this conflict, this inner conflict I have when I'm trying to self-develop, grow, be the best version of myself mm-hmm. and I may come head to head with a loved one who's like, mm-hmm. what you mean you gonna do this? Mm-hmm. What you mean you ain't gonna do that? Mm-hmm. Who's been in your ear? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You being different now, you being mm-hmm. different, oh you gotta get out you of my house. Same. Yeah. And so when someone says, I always tell people, when I'm doing personal development work with people, I said, 
the way in which you love yourself is self is reflective in the way that you want to love someone else and oftentimes you're going to come against either um understanding or resistance oh absolutely so i don't even know how we're going to start i had a whole I, I i only wrote down like six six you know statements and stuff i i just focus i'm laughing because i can't be giving away too much before my one woman show so i gotta pick and choose my topics nicely um but um as you were just speaking about understanding and resistance um i think that's a major contradiction that i believe you know i'm I'm gonna speak from just growing up and parents so from that identity yeah that lens and that power dynamic between a parent and a child um, there is no power that is in the hands of the kid that's what I mean for me that's how I grew up so unless you know the whole you know even having an opportunity to argue or not even argue I would say express my point of view and then have it be heard and have this con- like a conversation back and forth there was no back and forth there was no that was the ultimate form of disrespect is to engage back after you just received direction or even if you heard a statement that you didn't agree with um, really so there was no like calling the elephant out in the room what do you mean calling what elephant out and where oh if i saw an elephant oh, in the room first of all i, think, I mean not a real elephant people i mean this is my own work my empath work i that's cannot that stand it that's where i i this is where for me and my work that's where my struggle has come because it has always been an oppression and a suppression of voice so so what happens so are you saying contradictions and resistance can lead to well, yes, I would agree. Suppression. Absolutely. I mean, duh. If you're going to... Repression. No, okay. This is... Let's give an example. Oppression. Tell the truth and you won't get in trouble. That's a lie. That's a lie. It really should be, tell the truth and you'll have a lesser consequence to face. Why does it have to... What, what's your definition of consequence Either now? way, if you do something wrong or if you do something that breaks the, the rule, the regulation, or the law that has been established by the parent that's been put in place, there's a consequence for it. What was generally the consequence then? Get my ass whooped. I mean, that was the only consequence, really. Like, you get your ass whooped, you get on timeout. I mean, I didn't really have timeout. It was really, honestly... My consequence tend to be on the physical side. So whether it's getting popped upside my head, smacked in the mouth, you know, depending on the offense. <laughs> let's speak let's speak court. Let's speak court and judge. I'm right? learning this I'm learning this about your the parent right the now. parent is judge and lawyer, prosecutor <laughs> and defense, right? I don't I'm there in court, I'm standing, ain't nobody defending me. So as much as you might think you got to defend, ain't nobody defending me. You're a child in the court of parents and adulthood. There is no defense. You are there. You're defenseless. The judge said you did this. It don't matter what you try to say because as soon as you're saying anything, period, it's a problem because the word that has been put out by the adult is law. So already that position, that power dynamic is I'm the parent. I don't give a damn what you said. I told you your ass was doing this because you was getting on my nerve. I don't care why you did what you did. I don't care who was around. I don't care if you didn't do it. You were there. It's on you. Get your ass together. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now what I heard was I don't care. Oh, yeah. So for me, that's a message. I definitely have an underlying message with I don't care. Yeah. So are you saying 
so as you all listen to this episode, we're asking self, uh, self, questions. self-reflective questions because we want to be organic. Um, and I'm learning some new things. And about, I'm the expert of my own experience, so yes. I can't speak for no one else. Right. So what I'm, I'm just asking myself. So I'll ask it out loud to you, right? Is it in your experience? Did you then internalize the message? I there's nothing I say is going to bring bring any value or less of a consequence to my experience right here with this adult who you have now internalized has the answer to everything. Yeah. Because that is not what my experience was. Mm, my experience, right. like very young, I think it's just the way my mother, she was very, um, she just gave me an opportunity to be like, you're my kid, but you can talk, but you better have my back. So for me, it was like, I would ask some crazy shit. She'd be like, literally, I'd be in the store, some, I can remember being in a store or something. She'll be like, when I buy that, why? Oh, yeah. Because I, because, let me explain. She would, oh, you have to explain. an explanation. Yeah, so we I have a conversation. Because I said so, and your ass shouldn't be asking me for shit anyways. You ain't but got no job. But that crazy anxiety in me right now. You ain't got no job. You ain't got shit. It's because I said so. Yeah. I mean, my mom would say things like that. Like, I paid, you know, I'm keeping the lights on. Uh-huh. I'm about the groceries and stuff like, like that. But the consequence, you said, getting your ass whooped. My yeah. consequence was... She would so the old TV. Yeah, so I get some of you pop, listening, get, my ass whooped, get snatched up. Some of like, you listening don't know about the old TV where the dial. She would take yes, the butt, take, take, pull she, the shit right off. And she you can't turn it unless you got a wrench to turn it. I would use the knife, <laughs> the, the, the butter knife, <laughs> and put it in the screw and screw it so you can get. She, <laughs> she took the batteries out of the remote. But I yeah. think I think also when you do a lot of physical, respectfully physical hitting. Mm-hmm. It's number one, you're harming yourself, you're harming that other person, oh, yeah. and it's a lot of energy put out. Oh, hell yeah. There was one time, you know, not, and I'm first of all, hit me once. Let, me pre- let me make sure we get this really, really clear because I don't want listeners out there thinking like a group in some abusive ass household. And right, right, like right. Because it's always going to be my some mom is my yeah. best friend. Right. I love her. We have a relationship in our conversations that we have now. It's just so much more robust. Vastly different. <laughs> And she's my storyteller. The yeah. reason why I tell stories or I'm beginning to understand why I need to tell certain stories is my mother is my original storyteller. It's her helping me understand certain dynamics in her relationship with her mother um, to help me understand why my mom may have done certain things the way she did. Now, the, but I, see, I you're, that. you're having an inner, you're, you're having this rich, vital conversation, but imagine the young, um, a gender identified women or children or other human beings, um, males specifically as well, who grew up in an environment where they're now in their 30s, late 20s, 30s, possibly 40s, who have never had a conversation or growth mm-hmm. in bond, a healthy bond with their their loved ones, their parent, where they could be like, yo, can I tell you some stuff that hurt me though as a kid? And they can sit across that table and be like, tell me, versus... You don't understand what I did for you. You mm-hmm. sitting over here. So, like I said, I, mean, I preface all of what I said with. So we have all that, whatever. I'm at the place in my life where I'm in my thirties. I'm looking at impact. I'm trying to sort through impact. In my twenties, 
I was all about, I need to know why you did what you did. It was like your intention. I need to understand your intention on why you did what you did to understand the resentment I have. Now where I'm at is looking, trying to heal from the impact of things that were not intentional or intentional, to be real. And I think that's another, this is a very important factor for me that, you know, I don't have kids. And when I think about having children, I think about my nieces and I think about things. I've uh, and I, I categorize this as adults um, need to be mindful of it doesn't matter your intention your intention like and I hate to say it, it's gonna sound really rude fuck your intention your intention don't mean shit if the impact is still the residue that somebody is dealing with I now have to deal with do I have to fucking figure out I have do I have to amputate my whole fucking arm or can I can, can I clean out the wound and I'll be okay that's work I this is this is in this conversation, what should have been said, right. this is the teenager, the young girl who's an adult now, but now she's starting to have voice. And now the me, I'm in my adulthood is the platform because now I'm in my thirties. That's my platform now to actually give voice to the girl that was suppressed, to the teen that was told to shut the fuck up and I don't care about your feelings and I'll give you something to cry about, all those different right. things. Now, looking at my 20s and why I bumped heads with myself so much and why I was in, in, in a certain place. And now, not to say I have any resentment. It's just a very frustrating process to have to clean up some shit that, to be honest, I ain't fucking put in me. Right. But there's an and. But as a part of you that's going to have to go through that oh, pathway absolutely. of forgiveness. Which I mean, there is. And, like that, and I think part of that is you like the forgiveness piece. I went it's down that not path. anything like I forgive my mother. I forgive my father. It's not any of that. I think the peace where I have to self. That's where I'm at. Because there's a that's, part of us that truly believes that because we're relational beings, right? Yep. We're relational. We believe that we have somehow contributed to this. Impact. Yes. So there's a part of us. This is yes. work I do with people where I'm like, yo, number one, we're going to do some compassion work. So I do compassion for others, compassion for self. Mm -hmm. Then I do forgiveness work and letting go. Mm -hmm. um, work for others mm -hmm. and then work for self. Mm -hmm. um, and then self-dialogue and self-healing process. Mm -hmm. um, because the way our, our subconscious is built, we record and, and use this information as truth. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, before this, before we, you know, earlier before we had a yeah. chance to record it, we were just talking. I was talking about like money mindset and thinking about the different things, like the, the, the things we wish we were told around mm -hmm. money, um, the value and energy of money, not just chasing it and having it and boom, boom, boom. And I but know what you could do with it. Yo. And, and I know I come from a scarcity mindset. So that, you know, the Robin Peter to pay Paul and the money the burn it, Robin Peter to pay Paul. Oh, so like when you get, it's a check to check thing. So check to check. If you don't have enough one week for one thing, you rob from that to take care of something else, but then you gotta figure out next week how you gonna rob from something else to take from what you robbed from. <laughs> so the whole language is around stealing money from yourself in order to- <laughs> Stealing money from yourself in, 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 instead of what do I, what can I actually do with what I have and where do I wanna go next month and month Which after. is a completely different mindset. Which is a completely different way to think about money. And then there, and then then it becomes hoarding. I used to hoard money. 
I used to hoard money. I my mom hoard, used to tell me all the time she didn't have no money. My hands. I used that to hoard money. And I have done some un- money unblocks with myself. I got the, um, those like are the things legit, that real life unblocks, money yeah. unblocks. You know me now. I'm all all about talking about law of attraction and manifestation yep. and my work with yep. manifestation and you know with Spark Essentials and helping people with the oils. So I've learned that there are there's vibrations to. Money is just an energy, so there's a vibration in the mind about like how we're gonna yep. transition. Yes. But also, we need to make yes. meaning and translation about why, well, why we want to use it, what's the purpose of it, yes. and how do we want to serve with money? Yes. If you steal um, from yourself, you don't have anything to give. You believe you don't have anything to give, and yep. you're always going to be stealing from yourself. So you're then, always going to be in the red. And honey, look, so you're gonna get comfortable being in the red because honey, you believe ain't you nobody com- be in the first red. of all you just saying that my gut turned that's how I know what, being comfortable in the red I ain't comfortable in no red mm-hmm. that's not that's not that is that's how I know in my stomach you just said that my pit is like that's where I'm working on changing that's a change it is for me. okay for you to go in the red if it, like I'm saying it truthfully it is okay to go in the red please do not make it. Your life, your life, your life story, thing, your no. life journey, your the Absolutely. pattern in your lifestyle to be like I can always just be chasing the next check. Yeah, and that honey, look when I took that, that means you're always in survival mode on the low threshold of hierarchy. Of girl, uh, girl, girl. So this telling? is what what they should have said. You know, you should have said. You should have been like, I mean, I with with my uh, with my toddler. Uh, we haven't opened up a bank account for him. I, some people are shocked that we haven't. I mean, he has a piggy bank and all that. Please don't come to my house and rob me. Um, <laughs> he has a piggy bank and everything like that. But uh, but we are going to open one up this summer. But the cool thing about some credit unions and banks, I'm not going to name them because we're not advertising them and no, no way are we sponsored and affiliated with anything that we're saying in this episode. But they will have you come in with your child and they have them count their own stuff. They have them make a deposit. They show them like, I was like, where was that? What? I wish I had that. First they of all, then they even t- tell you when you can come back. They show you like how much you have, what you can do with it. I said, I can't wait to have Tristan up doing some lemonade stands. Mm-hmm. And you want, and you want this new, I think you want this new toy? I'm going to put know? you out there. Yeah, that's something that I want You my want nieces. us to go to Disney World and like water parks and stuff? Let me show you, you how to happen. You know, there's something I think about um, one of the motivational speakers that I love to listen to, Gary Vee, and how he speaks about how, you know, and okay, we could, that's a whole other thing mm-hmm. when we talk about race, identity, culture, we get our information from another episode. But just hearing him speak around, you know, starting up a lemonade stand or delivering newspapers. It's or a mindset. Things, it's all right? mindset. So I have to think about, you know, I'm always, I'm always thinking about transferable mindset, so to speak, because... I say transferable mindset because if I'm not in your environment where I, where you grew up, it's going to be completely different where I grew up. Yeah. So, small, funny example. Santa Claus ain't never came to the motherfucking hood jumping down nobody's chimney in the hood delivering gifts. But I did dream all the time <laughs> that when I woke up that uh, Santa Claus, who at a really young age I, I knew was not a white male with... Um, a bushy bushy but I just love the fact that he was this big chunky person who liked to eat cookies and milk and even though I knew um, because growing up between the ages of zero well I don't know from the first memories of like maybe six to nine um, I had that Dear Santa box that came to my house along with other glyphs 
I, I mean, we could be real and honest on our episodes. Um, so I knew very well that Santa Claus sometimes came in a brown box labeled <laughs> my mother's name oh, to Dorchester. And we, she would wrap the gifts at night and put them underneath the tree. And I still had the same effect, the same joy, because they came out of that same box. I still had the same joy. When, and then I got older in, in those gifts and then whatever. And then I found out through friends that there were shopping and there was like a whole month dedicated when to buying When you have Christmas. a gift that says, to Tiella, love cousin Pauliti. That's a clear reference that Santa Claus ain't put shit underneath my tree. Okay? I'm going to give my credit to my cousin yeah. who went and worked at her job. Okay? I just Made a check. Cashed it. Okay? And went to the store herself, okay? Right. She ain't had no elves going to no damn right. store, right. okay? And she took time out of her day right. to go in the store, to stand in line, to get the gift, to go back home and take more time to wrap it and put her name right. on it, to then go out and buy a tree that I don't live in her house and she know I don't live in her house and you're doing that. Like, stop it. Can we give the credit where... What y'all should have said was... <laughs> We like to feed into imaginative stuff because as adults, we don't want to look like assholes in society because everybody else is buying into the fairy tale of some shit and what, how will we look? Or, Be or, now that I'm a parent, or, or that, or, <laughs> or that, you see the joy and the sparkling in your child's eye. I don't care about all that. And they go and they You look, still and they, get the same unwrap, joy yeah. from the parent. Why are you? Okay, you know what? And I think this this last uh, the last you know observed holidays and holidays back. that we did observe and participate in, uh, I think our kid we kept saying like, um, you know your parents bought you gifts. He has no but you know what? Understanding here's, of but that. here's the thing. I'm gonna call it what it is. Why does it have to be that you have to lie to begin with? Because ultimately, imagination. Ultimate. No, no, no. Imagination. My ass. Because you're giving credit, let's look, if I, look, this is turning into something else, but it's just making me think. <laughs> As a black little girl who grew up in the house, why are you giving credit again to a white man who's not real? That he did all this for me and that I had to be good in order to get all this from a white man? Ooh, that sounds really perverted. Okay, can we change? I know, but I'm I just, know. what y'all should have said was be real. That you know what? Santa Claus is part of our imagination and it's okay to have an imagination because we dress up, we play fairy tale, we like can you give me real context around that so I can have a real understanding? Because I also feel that it creates some appreciation if you have a kid who wanted something and then it's like, well, I told Santa what I wanted at the mall. How come I ain't get it? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, just because you go and sit on Santa's lap and tell him what you want, it's still your parent who's listening that got to go and buy that shit. Right. That's still, so when you don't get it, it's still ultimately... That it target, you, it you know what I'm saying? It comes down to, well, okay, you're trying to put the blame on Santa, but in reality, is that a scapegoat for some parents? You know, the blame on, oh, Santa didn't come this year with that because Santa just didn't make it. When in reality, just be real, you couldn't afford it this year, or that wasn't something that you wanted to get your kid. I wonder if there's now different conversations in families, because that just made me think, like, I, hope hope so. I couldn't afford, you know, uh, whatever it is, because number one, you ain't getting it, it's not age appropriate or whatever. I think. For me, I think I would have a conversation with my kid like, all right, so I know you listed like five things on your list. I'm just, I'm just, mm -hmm. I don't know how, I don't know really when, when, when he gets older, um, what it will be like, but I'm just thinking like, I would probably sit down and be like, okay, so 
list of three. I need you to do a presentation <laughs> and explain to me why these three things you need to invest and in. And you, I like that idea, honestly, because it extends. And also, because we hoard, we hoard things. And I mean, things is things. Things are things. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I'm on a. So does it bring joy into shit, your yeah. life? I mean, does it really, or is it an instant, just in the moment, instant gratification, or is it based on? Cause and I something? was appreciative when I saw. I understood as I got older that that brown box that arrived to my house. I mean, it stopped arriving at like I think maybe nine, and then it was just like actual. I think my I I say actual. I'm thinking. I'm talking as if I'm a child. Like back then, so I'm saying. I think my mom actually went and bought gifts for us, and she was able to do that after that period. Um, it was one or two gifts, and it was it was literally one or two gifts. Um, but I don't think there was a part of me that really, really wanted a lot of gifts. And also, I didn't know of a life where that instant gratification of oh, I'm gonna get a bunch of stuff because I always get a bunch of stuff. It was like I was appreciative that we I had a tree. It was we we what? did festivities and I was excited. And it wasn't around the gift thing. And so no, last holiday we all did that that one like you pull a name out of a hat. And you bought something that was real, honest, practical about that person. You connected with other people about that person without giving them a name. And everyone comes together with one gift. It was amazing. We had more fun. We, it wasn't even a gift. You know what? And, I, not, man, and this is so sidebar, though. But just yeah. in, in pointing to that, that's what makes you think about Kwanzaa um, and the principles around Kwanzaa. And one of those days being where, you know, it's not about you going out and buying a gift. You might um, create a gift or yes. like having something that's more just from the inside out versus trying to go from the outside and inspire within like oh i'm gonna make you happy with things i got you right. this piece on the outside but Being versus thoughtful. yo i thought about you it's like if i went and took a 15 years of our friendship went and got all of our pictures from different points in time put that together in the album yeah. and then, yes, that, that is would, completely yeah. you know different like, than what? like you know i don't know let me go out and buy you a camera <laughs> or something like i don't know no i don't know i wouldn't like you gave me some chocolate. You know, that's very simple that you to me. So it's like I'm, you know, what y'all should have said is simplicity is way more better than getting overcomplicated in your thoughts, trying to think about how to be overly pleasing. When in reality, it's really simple things that you know that matter. Now, granted. I do know there are some folks that, you know, um, show their appreciation Gift, or their love gifting? by love external, you know, that, and, that, and that's them. And I'm not taking away from that. And I know from my style, how I am is more like I'm on, I don't even have to get a gift. It could be like, I was thinking of you today. I just want to give you a phone call. I'm like, yo, dude. That's so, but see, these are the things know. we know now. And we are, and we're also developing and we'll, you know, come back and make another episode about this because I've been doing a lot of work around this. Um, people understanding their love languages and their needs, mm. which is connected to their self-esteem, their realization of who they are. There's a lot of webbing, but like, I think we're also talking about like the languages of, of, of love, which is, yeah. you know, a whole, a whole wide spectrum, but also like how our needs are being expressed and reflected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this brings me to the to the when you were talking about the um, like the realization of um, you know being in a relationship with your mom and how it's growing. It brought me to the it, it brought me to that one thing I talked to you about before that really inspired us to do this episode, which was um, being called dark skin. Well, mm. so so I want to say that I don't think I was. Yes, I was. I was gonna actually negate that and say I don't think I have any memories of being called dark skin. My earliest memories of being called dark skin, or at least recognizing that I was 
browner skin mm-hmm. than some of my siblings mm. or family members. But now that I look at it, there's some people who are like who are even browner than me. Mm. Um, was uh, an in-law that was sitting on the the stairs outside. I was on a bike riding back and forth, and it was a hot summer day. And my mother was outside, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, riding the bike. Mm-hmm. I don't, clearly, I mean, I knew how to ride a bike then. Um, mm-hmm. And she says um, something about my skin, like some, like she says, like, oh, like um, Verge is the darkest out of all the kids, or um, if she plays out too long, something mm-hmm. referencing my skin. And I don't recall if my mother said anything, but it took years later. I think in my later teen years, I brought that up with my mom because it, it was like I could feel it right now. It was in my it's in my throat chakra because because mm. it, it still comes up right. Yeah. For my mom to she did not know I even heard that. She had no idea I even heard that, and I saw the 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 tears in her face, and she was like, "I don't ever want you to think that like there's something wrong with your skin," but she didn't even know I was harboring that. Like I heard so and so tell you. Mm. And I think a part of me asking her then was number one, I had issues with my skin um, because I was playing a lot of sports. I was a cheerleader. I attended um, predominantly a high school where I was bullied by one particular or two particular students in high school that would call me dark or darky or charcoal mm. when in fact they were actually darker than me, like mm. browner skin than me. Yeah. It, it took me until I went to college to realize like there was a ray of brownness. But um, mm. not that there was like, not a ray of brownness, but I had to step myself out of where the environment I was in to realize like there was some false There was some projection of your insecurities onto me. Yeah, you know, and so I think I wanted my mom to to Validate and also be my protector like no, I don't think that yeah So anyways, That's that was interesting, you know, so I, I internalized bleach your skin. I hated being you know, this brown girl mm-hmm. um, I had this interesting discord emotionally with my mom because of that for a number of years mm-hmm. she didn't even know that until i brought it up mm-hmm. to her um and i wonder if people have ever experienced that or even even if even if you think it's a joke it's not a joke it's 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 not a joke and people need to be very conscious about how you tell someone like your hair is too um some someone who told me someone mentioned something about tristan's hair like saying Oh, like, is it is it too much to do in the morning or something like that? And even that sentence, is it too it's much too to much do in the morning? Because I said, no, it's pretty of, fast and easy. You know, to I was like, it's, I was like, it's his hair texture, and this is what he was born with. Curly so I'm gonna take my time kinky. to do his hair. Yeah, I think. versus growing up with some four C three D hair like I did. I mean, my hair is locked now. Where it takes time to do your hair, but if you start to self hate yourself, well, I mean, again, that for me that makes me think about media messages. Think about where do we get these ideals from about how we should be, how we should look. And, you know, within media, the the hegemony is around, you know, being white, straight hair, you know, all these different things that represent a different standard of beauty for a different group of people. And what happens is that internalization that has happened 
throughout multiple generations yeah. who are more darker skinned, um, brown skinned. Uh, I mean, it's so funny you said that the leadership group that I, I am running now, I asked them to name them, like, create a name for your group. And they came with all shades of chocolate. And I thought that was the most beautiful name to represent them. Because there's space. a consciousness, consciousness and realization now that what has been projected and been pumping yep. through pop culture, magazines, corner stores mm -hmm. in our local community is not a representation of the real fucking world. No, it's not. The real world is... They want us to narrow in on something small that's inaccurate. It's inaccurate. I mean, unfortunately, that type of... I look good. That type of dangerous lens makes it feels like if you are not within that group, you're wrong. that you're unworthy. You're and unworthy. Something wrong something's wrong with you. You, you don't know, fit in. You don't fit in. When in change, reality, change into what we want to see. You know, when in reality, we have, we all have something different um, about us and unique qualities and different things. Everybody's melanin take to the sun completely differently. So I'm always, you know, this is my small jab. You got to be careful at those things that people are telling you not to do and then look at society and what's being done and how it's going on. So it's real quick to go in and get color during mm -hmm. the summer, but your color being melanated and being brown you know, is an issue. Is, is an issue, and it's like, but wait, you know, your body type, your body size. You know, I remember growing up, and I was heavy set, and then I lost some weight, and you become thick, and then oh, you got a nice ass. This your whole body, you, like, there's different well, changes the to that. Internalized there because I wrote down here, um, you're too skinny. Eat. So you had you're too skinny. I was too fat my whole life. Like you know, my, I was I got you're the too whole... skinny. You need to eat. At one point, I think at the end of high school, early college, before I gained so much weight. It was you're too skip like you need to eat. I said, Are you okay? Are you eating? And I'm, and I'm and I'm, that stressed me out. That that's so that stressed me out after I weighed three hundred and fifty pounds, got down to one eighty five and was hearing out I'm too skinny. But what's so fucking frustrating is my journey. I've struggled with weight my whole life. I never was comfortable being big. I was never happy being big. I was always trying to put on a front. Cause I've been bullied so much for being big. By the time I got like in high school and shit, I was still being bullied, but I had a whole, like I was angry. Like I get why I was called angry from some of my closest mentors at the same time. I just didn't understand those compartments of where that anger came from. But a lot of shit stemmed from my weight. Try being pushed down some stairs. Try getting your fingers slammed in doors. Try getting embarrassed in front of everybody all the fucking time. And then you are fighting to be like, no, I have fucking value. I matter. So then I flipped it. Now I'm going to use my weight in a way. And I didn't bully people. I wasn't, I wasn't that type. I didn't get into fights with girls or arguments with girls. My issues was always with dudes. Interesting. For me, if I can honestly look back, um, number one, I played a lot of sports. So... Self-image was a lot. Yep. Being able to oh, yeah. to to just be part of the game yep. and be excel physically for physical yep. performance. Also, um, I had at the time identified as a lesbian. Mm. My mother had a huge issue with that. Um, I that. had been in and out of like unhealthy relationships. On top of that, um, going through the realization that I wanted to have a better relationship with my mom, but it was. Her and her marriage was not in alignment with who I was and like the family I wanted to like mm. be part of. Um, mm. And so there were times where I punished myself without food. And so I remember being at the end of high school, and I don't think a lot of people know this, but I had like an eating issue. I think I told you that, yeah. like personally, like yeah. I had an eating issue. And so, but I also was going through some weird medical issues 
Um, and to some people, it looked like I dropped a lot of weight. And I could honestly say there were times where um, junior year, I was throwing up my meals or I was restricting my diet. And then by senior year, um, I started learning about counting calories. Um, and then got to college, was still doing that because I wanted to play softball, didn't turn out, didn't want to play softball, yeah. joined, joined the the, G, the LGBT crew. Yeah. Um, you joined... Um, Multicultural students. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then got super depressed and then had a series of medical concerns that I won't even dive into because I don't care to and gained over I was just looking back at my fitness pal that I just got back on in January I at my heaviest in college I think I was like 190 to 200 and two then 220 and then by the time I got married I was like 250 pounds and I think there's a lot of people who don't realize I weighed that much. Yeah. A lot of people actually told me, you hold weight on good. You look beautiful. But they didn't realize that, number one, there was medical issues. Number two, I had to make a medical decision. Number three, what was really happening for Verge during yeah. that time? Yeah. And number four, what was Verge going to do for her, like, to save herself? It's not her body. It yeah. was to save myself. And so I went through a, a whole soul emergency during that whole mm -hmm. caterpillar time mm -hmm. and i'm pleased to say i'm so happy i went through exactly what i went through Amen. i would not change yeah. anything i would not change anything because mm -hmm. i have a better relationship with myself mm -hmm. i have a better understanding of the relationships i want in my life yeah. i built a better relationship with my mom um she built a better relationship with my life partner <laughs> um and i wouldn't change anything i i i'm thinking even now truthfully wouldn't change that one thing. I don't think, I mean, just hearing you and, you know, we've known each other and been in our lives for a minute and everything you just said, I'm I'm like, I'm smiling like, y'all remember that time, remember that time, yep, I remember this, I remember that, damn. And just the growth, and it makes me think what y'all should have said, like lessons learned. These are the lessons that I learned. And I, I personally wish there was just more, you know, more meant, I'm, I'm no, first Mentors. of all, let me just say this. We had one, some First in, of all, angelic mentors. On, wait, first I want to appreciate the mentors yes. that I have in my life. I appreciate the teachers, the mentors, the educators, the professionals who actually took time out of their day to, you know, speak to me about real life shit. Yeah. Not on some you, academics and school. Like, all that is cool, but I'm going to tell you at the end of the day, when I graduate, school was done. Like, it was next school like you know but life still happens in between there so i'm definitely appreciative um for that but those are the type of lessons learned right um those are the things you don't want to have regret regret on or regret for because i feel like you shouldn't have regrets in life period because everything that you go through is to help you get through something a series or of lessons something. right it is a very much a series um a series of lessons as i was hearing you speak about just the journey of gaining weight um, and, and and you know me for a long time. I my story, I have always been uh, a thin person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when I gained all that weight, it was very. Um, I'm getting emotional. It was just so. It was a parallel to who I am, really. Not that gaining weight or what. Oh, but the gain, the weight was like trauma and mm -hmm. uh, identity issues and also like 
med- being medically concerned about myself and just all these things piled on. And yet people were like, smile more. You look good. You hold that weight on great. You'll be fine. Just sleep on it. Like, and, and those are social messages as instead of saying, girl, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. I don't know what I would have wanted back then because I think I was pretty, you, you can remember, I was pretty um, loud and angry mm-hmm. about how I wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. But I think I was also a different version of myself. I mean, with the weight on I, I just couldn't see myself as my full self but then there was all these social messages being jabbed at me mm-hmm. that just would just make me rupture hmm. Hmm. I forgot what I was going to say but I was going to say something before that but I don't know what it is hmm so we have two polarities. You're too skinny, or what was your message? No, I was just fat. It wasn't. That's what it was. I was fat. I was like, I'm not saying I was born that way. The mo- I was skinny in elementary. By third grade, I was fat. So from third grade all the way in college, I was fat. That's just been my my shit. And and so when you started working on yourself, working when I say working on yourself, all of yourself. No. No, still in pieces. So when I even when I started losing weight, my focus was losing weight. There wasn't a whole piece of it. Oh. It was lose weight. And then I lost weight and then it was focused on this. And then like everything about me was separate? has been in compartments. And so I'm now, you know, granted, like I just wanna say this. Yeah. I've watched friends around me go from skinny to big and it's very interesting watching their their processes. And it's very interesting going from big to skinny while watching your friends around you go through an opposite process because one, that makes my narrative, like my experience different to share. So even when I was losing weight, how can I say like, this is sidebar, I don't even know where this is coming from, but it's like, I still feel fat. Even though I lost weight, I still feel big. Even now, I feel big because I know where I got down to and what my goal was. And I got distracted with a whole bunch of fucking life. Again, what people don't fucking talk about, which y'all should have said, um, is like getting caught up with life and work. And I'm emotional. Oh my gosh, where did I come from? I know, where are you, mo- right? I just realized like how. I fell back off track after working so hard to take care of myself is that because I got stuck with life and a whole bunch of other shit and those same messages of not being important or you need to focus on this this is more important became what was playing again hence where I'm at now so I'm here is to say trying let's to, just hit reset that's what so I'm what I, that, so I started my reset journey last December I usually go through a series and you should also explore this your patterns because you know, I always say I practice intuitive mindful eating. Mm-hmm. I just, I, that's what I do. Yep. There's a series of things I've done to manage, lose weight, get, me- I, I, I call it, um, I'm, I'm physically loving myself and I'm giving myself mental endurance. So when people say physical endurance, I say I'm physically loving myself, releasing and giving my, my mentality endurance. 
I'm making it strong. As my body is strong, I'm making my mental mm-hmm. capacity stronger. So I hit reset in December. I already knew that I had gained, so I had pre-post baby weight mm-hmm. that didn't come off. Like it was like eight to nine pounds, didn't come off. Then my mom died. So, and I and if you look at images between me February to May, I dropped weight. Like, and that's usually what happens when I experience some sort of severe stress. And it wasn't that I was not eating. I don't recall like restricting my eating. I dropped weight and then slowly that weight tripped, like came back on and then just continued on. And so in December, I remember being on the, stepping on the scale in like September. And that was my way of my body and my mind saying, we're going to click back or we're going to click back. Mm-hmm. So I'm watching myself get on the scale. Then in October, I, I only get on the scale. Then November, I get on the scale. December came and I was like, this is over. I am not doing this anymore. We are going to figure out where you've been at mentally all year. Mm-hmm. Which also means I have to accept that that was my griefing process and I'll have a griefing process. But also, there was so much happening. I We moved twice. Yeah. Um, I always remind myself, even when I wasn't pregnant, I'm still, still, I always say my lifestyle, my eating lifestyle is always with me. It, like your lifestyle is always with you. Your mm-hmm. story is always with you. Yeah. Um, you can hit reset today. True. You can hit reset today and just say, how, what do I need to do to get my mental endurance back? How do I want to feel? What is, yeah. what, when, when I feel, when I look my best, how do I feel? Yeah. And so January came and I was on it. I literally in December, you know me, I'd be doing moon manifestations and stuff like that. I went to my altar. I had me some, you know, stuff. I'm not putting out all my little kit kits on here on this episode, but I did my thing and asked for specifically a personal trainer and asked for a specific personal trainer at $400. And what do you think I got? Got what you needed. A personal trainer at $400 a month. And so this person is going to help me, although it's a physical activity, I'm seeking the guidance of getting mental clarity because I've already known, you have already known how to build yourself through physical activity. You know this. It's already in you. You just need to like get like the first 90 days sharp, like spark and then you're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, 90 days, you know, 30 days. Some people need 30 days of personal training or a coach or a mentor or help, whoever, right? You could get a therapist, whatever. And then some people need 60 days, another nine, another 30 days, and then they're ready. The, the difference between, I guess, me and other people that may not be as maintenance or successful is I'm not doing it for 30, 60, 90 days. This is just a reset, and then I'm doing it. Mm. Versus I'm reaching a goal, and then I'm going to stop. Like your life, yeah. that's why it's a lifestyle. You don't just reach your 90 day goal and say, oh, I'm going back to the old mm-hmm. patterns. You want to leave those patterns and you already know better. If, Cause you know better. It's not it's not the old saying, if I knew better, I would do better. You no, know better I now. Know better. So now, yeah. you do, like, now you do even better, better. better. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be an awesome episode. It just made me think I need to do my new moon. Mm-hmm. Right out. It is. You should listen to the, my moon. Uh, guidance on Patreon. Uh, I'm not advertising on this episode. I'm just saying it out loud because we're recording. But yeah, it's the moon. Um, if it, so, if you're listening to this episode, the new moon happened on February 4th, Monday, 
And so by the time you listen to this episode, it'll be February 20th. So I hope everyone enjoyed the new moon, which is in Aquarius. And I love moon, lunar and solar cycle. I do have a a thing for lunar though. Um, And so tonight I would suggest, and I'm going to only just share this in the episode, pink candle is a great color for this month and a great candle to buy. Anyways, that's all I'm going to say. Where should we go next? What do we want people to, um, what other messages? Um, I wrote down consenting. Do you know, do you remember why I wrote down consenting? Body, mind, and spirit. People need to consent. What was it? I don't, it wasn't like physical touch. It was like, is it, was it giving advice? No. Was it something like that? Giving advice or suggesting Hmm. You need to ask for consent. Victim of Oh, was it? Because you know how, like, growing up, did you get this? People would be like, oh, you need to go to college and be this, or you need to be that, or... But I didn't consent for you to give me that information. I didn't solicit your information. Mm. I didn't solicit for your fears and your worries to be projected onto me. So now I don't... I believe that I can only reach this stature in my life. What about the one, don't ask me where I'm at, but what am I doing? Hmm. That for me was about safety. I got a lot of phone calls from my from my mom. <laughs> um, where you at? Instead of what are you doing? What do you like to do? What are your activities after school mm-hmm. or after you know? Well, I mean that's out. a power dynamic. That's a power. I mean, I mean that's a power dynamic and also a parent. I call it now. I see when you hear the word entitlement. I'm laughing like entitlement is like these titles that you operate on, like. I'm the president of this company. So you feel entitled because of your title. And I feel like titles are just like, I realized I was not good with authoritative um, type of things because I feel like we could have a conversation or a dialogue. Now granted, you can have some folks that have that pushback. Well, you know, you don't have enough development in your frontal lobe to be thinking you're going to make all these decisions for yourself without, you know, some life experience. But then again, at the same time, taking people who are um, apparently supposed to have a developed frontal lobe and they're all adults are <laughs> supposed to take your advice because your consent or what you said is law, but your shit can it's actually be setting me up for something else. Right. So Or or sabotaging you. Or I like that one. Sabotaging my my inner being. <laughs> or or the possibility that and I've experienced this, not like uh, personally direct but indirectly by witnessing parents or loved ones fearing that you're gonna leave them, like that codependency. Mm. So they don't want you to be successful. I don't want to say they don't want you to be so, successful, but no, it's almost no, like I'm sorry. Okay, you're, you're, no, home. you're being there. You're, you're, you're. Like this, it's like this this love hate thing. That's no, happening. you're taking it. I'm gonna just call it what. It am, is. am I minimizing it? That is a crab in a barrel ass mentality. And honestly, I'm gonna call it what it is. I've been wanting to say this for such a very okay, long time. Okay, go ahead. This is how we're gonna end it. It is jealousy because you did not get a chance to do some things in your life based on whatever decisions you made. So, for example, I'm gonna call it what it is. There are certain circumstances that don't fit into this. If you know you were engaging in like, some parents were like, you took my child, you took my youth away from me. And now you get all grown and you're like in your th- late 30s, 40s and 50s and now you're trying to get your youth back. Yeah. Your youth is gone. I, like the external pieces of that is gone. Like you're not, you don't look 20 no more. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't even be thinking like, you shouldn't even be thinking that you wanna be back where you were when your mind wasn't fully developed. But it sounds like regret. 
So is that is that regret or I don't know, you got some blame going on like I should never have kids. Okay, don't put the blame on your children for you doing what you engaged in and you didn't have the information that you needed to make better decisions or you chose not to make a decision even though you had the information that was clearly saying, yo, don't do this, you might want to wait. But you were like, I want to be grown. Because when you're young, you spend so much time wanting to be grown and now that you're grown, you don't want to be grown, you want to be young. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that because what y'all really should have said really is yo you know what for me i fucked up like my yeah. timing was off like i don't regret my kids i love my children i wouldn't give them back for the but world if i this. could have waited a little while before i had them i would have done that i i want to hear more of that i'm tired of i'm tired of parents complaining about their fucking kids uh, it, it's annoying because then what is the internal message because i gotta I, and i only say that because i've dealt with shit that i've heard being complained about right and i feel some type of way about it i have every type of way to feel about it because i did not ask to be born here i did not make myself so therefore you're not going to put on me that i have to carry your burden because you made a choice that you got to deal with now that's not my fault right. that's not my problem that's not my problem. That seems like a problem that you have to face when you look in the mirror that you've been running from. Mm -hmm. That's an issue for me. Cause as the lessons have been learned, first of all, I didn't ask to be here. Second of all, I didn't ask for the identity or the things that been put into me. Cause if that was the case, clearly some shit I would have rejected. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna just go, oh, ooh, no, I don't like being talked to like that. That's not good. Reject and put the button on it. But I didn't have, again, I truly did not have a choice. You had a choice, you made a certain decision. Now that I'm grown, that's my other pet peeve of hearing some shit, wait until you get grown. When you get grown, then you're not waiting until you get older and then you gotta pay bills. About, you still ain't saying shit. Right. Cause you still ain't telling me about money mindset, the financial style, my values, how that all works about. Cause you ain't addressing some shit that you fucked up on and still fucking up on and you're just using the whole front of, I'm grown, I'm a dog, I can do what I wanna do. Right. But then you don't wanna deal with the consequences or you want to take accountability and responsibility for the impact it may not have been your intention but it's the but impact. the impact is what it is can we get back to that right. right can we talk about that and I think that is something that's very important that is missing in these conversations because it's a lot of you know giving direction in talking at talk at you talk at you talk at you talk at you and not enough of giving some space to be like yo like you said, not where would you do and where you at? How are you? Who are you? Are you, are you safe? Right. I, I mean, you you know, I know I actually are you me, with. I know you. I actually call me at eight o'clock. It's eight thirty. Are you okay? Not. It's eight thirty. Your ass should have had brought your ass here. I don't give a fuck what you doing. Where you at? Bring your ass here. I can have a different, fucking different gun energy. to my head. Yeah. Different I can energy. be somewhere where I had to pick up the phone to lie, and you would not know that because you're so focused on your entitlement ass position as a parent and the directions and the rules and the regulations that you gave out yeah. that you can't even take a moment to 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 bounce back and be like, yo, what can I have said differently? Right. What can I have? What can, how can I have phrased my point differently? Yeah. That's where I have a little issue with adults. And I say adults because I think the cons, the construction of adulthood makes it seem like I'm perfect. Adultery. I'm perfect. I said it. It's my law. It's what it is. And if you don't like it, go fucking take the highway and boom, boom, boom. Knowing damn well, you ain't take some of the highways that were offered to you from other adults. Right. Can we talk about it? So That's why we, we here. <laughs> so 
we wanted to do this episode because in our conversations uh, that led us to record this episode, we wanted to share what it was like to receive these family and social messages. Um, who we are in 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 as you know uh, as we're you know self developing or developing ourselves um, in introspection and in, in, in realization in real time, um, and mm. helping people. Uh, I guess with our experiences, number one, review um, and assess like how have the impacts of family and social or um, other messages um, kind of hurt you and impacted your life in a way um, and in the ways you think about yourself in the world and the ways you behave or respond to things. And what is the healing? Yeah, how do you, you know, protect yourself? Begin to heal. Um, how do you become more in, aware and insightful of the agreements and influences that you deal with every day? And the one thing that um, Taylor talked about today was contradic- contradictions and resistance. So I want everyone who listens to this episode to kind of think about like, what are some of the contradictions I experienced? Um, growing up, because these are really, our messages are really from mm-hmm. uh, from um, early childhood to mm-hmm. adolescent yeah. and even college. But what are some of the contradictive messages that you receive that even now as an adult, um, people seem to still think holds weight? What is the resistance you may experience now that you're making um, new self-realizations? You are um, healing yourself. You're thriving. You're making better choices for yourself. Um what are the resistance that you may be coming across and how, and then hopefully the last thing is um, working towards a more healing lifestyle that doesn't suppress, repress, or oppress you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, um, um, as you said that, that's important. That's where I'm at. That's important to do because healing is going to be key to having a strong spirit, body, and mind. So... Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Please leave us a comment on our Facebook page on anchor.fm backslash archetypes podcast. This is the Spirit Sparker tuning out. And the inner uplifter saying peace and love.